Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Weekends were made for sports. Now do the robot voice. I want to hear it again. Meet more sharp robot. That's a terrible robot voice. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Where are the turtles? Where are the turtles? Come on, guys, get out of here. Where are the turtles? And Rashad Taylor. Nobody calls me Lebowski. You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude, man. On 1080 The Fan. Hour two of two here on Sports Sunday. Mike Rashad Joe with you until 11 o'clock. If you missed the first hour, you'll find it on the Les Schwab Tires podcasts on 1080thefan.com and the radio.com app. Yes, you will, Joe. Don't shake your head no at me. <laughs> um, coming up this hour, we do have Hated or Love It coming up at 10.30. And uh, we got a little NBA Hall of Fame or Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame discussion coming up next. But to wrap up a little bit of the sports, no sports, no fans conversation. Uh, WrestleMania is going on this weekend. It was pre-taped. It was taped actually during the pandemic. I remember there was talk of them not doing it. Um, I didn't remember seeing the final choice. So I guess this is me seeing the final choice as they taped it, but with nobody in the audience. And um, it's uh, it's a little bit, it's a little bit strange, right? It's uh, I'm not watching it obviously, but you have been. So how, is it weird watching it with no fans? I, I, Sorry. What? I, I just, I've seen one clip and it was just enough for me to be like, nope. Well, nope. But, so yes. Um, you know, WrestleMania is something that I, if you've been listening to the show long enough, you know, it's something that I watch every year. Uh, it's the biggest wrestling event of the year. I mean, it's cousins. not normally two days, right? No, it's normally just one. And, um, so the cold part is the matches aren't bad. It's just that you find out, you know, how awkward it is to do these things for with no crowd um, participation. You know, so much of what sports is just in itself is crowd participation. You know, defense, defense, you know, those are let's go Blazers. Let's like those are, you know, those are things that the crowd does to get people. And it looks good. It sounds good. You know, when you're when you're watching these things, even it's part of the experience, thinking back to Sacramento and those annoying ass cowbells back then, it was just a part of the aesthetic of, you know, being at the game and everything. And now watching this, it's 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 not 
bad. It's just it's strange. Like there's no there's no reaction. You can tell the guys are still playing towards the crowd and still like once they do something, still looking for that reaction. That I was going to ask that because you know? a lot in wrestling is about pumping up the crowd and yeah. you know playing the heel or playing the hero or whatever. Are they still like there's still a bit of a like, that hand around. to the ear motioning like out of habit or is it just you, yeah. you see them looking towards it? Well, no, I, saw, I saw one wrestler on like the turnbuckle holding the belt like presenting it to the crowd like they normally do and i'm like who who are they doing that for i guess just the, just yeah. for the optics to yeah. make it again seem just, normal just for the shots and everything so i think about that i th i think there's certain sports that you could go um no crowd for but i think this is one of those because there's um because it's so physical because again the crowd is such an important part of what they do it's just it's not fun to watch i'll be honest it's just I haven't seen an episode of wrestling, and my son watches it every Monday and Wednesday. And so he'll come in there and show me certain things. And honestly, I haven't seen an episode since they decided to start social distancing just because it's it's just... Are they still doing new things every week? They are still doing. Uh, they're recording from their performance centers and whatnot. Um, See, that's a little surprising to me because, I mean, that's not really social distancing then. It's not. Because, I mean, the wrestlers get sweaty and there's, you know, droplets. It's the complete and, opposite. It's body to body yeah. contact. So, uh, so that's a little – like, that's the same thing UFC. And I, I ripped UFC apart when they made the announcement originally to keep going. It was like, what are you – this is the sport that would spread the disease. So I interviewed uh, a lady named the virus. Uh, Heather Standing, uh, and she is a, a matchmaker for Cage Sport here uh, in, like, the Northwest and stuff like that as far as MMA and stuff like that. And they had an actual event this past Saturday. And I was kind of like – Really? Like you had an event? Like yeah, there was there was no one there. No one came, so it was just the fighters. And I was kind of like, well, was there any like trepidation from the fighters as far as saying, yeah, I don't want to do this or I'm not gonna do this? Because we've also talked to a lot of fighters that are like, yeah, I'm not working out right now, or I'm just if I'm working out, I'm just doing push-ups, I'm shadow boxing, and but I'm not sparring or anything right. like that. And so if guys aren't sparring, then I can imagine they're not actually wanting to be in competitions. But it's like this I, weird bravado of like we're fighting and we're tough, so we're going to get past this. And it's yeah, like, well, this is more Vince McMahon than than anything because. Well, you're saying this was a local thing. Tim, just yeah, saying, no, this is a local thing. For, yeah. yeah, for them, but it's I'll, that it's that kind of personality. Yeah, it was it was kind of it was a little little strange that they said they actually had the show. But again, my my next question was, well, what was it like to have a show with no one there? You know, with no one in the crowd. Like, I'm sure that couldn't have been beneficial monetarily for anybody that was a part of it, you know? So, uh, she was like, yeah, it was difficult and it was incredibly hard. And, you know, there were things that happen and usually there's a reaction to certain stuff and you can tell guys kept kind of waiting for that reaction from somebody and it, and it never happened. So yeah, I can, I can imagine it would be tough doing this, like fighting and wrestling. Cause it just doesn't look good because it is so much based in entertainment, right? Like UFC wrestling, man, that's sports entertainment. in in, in most cases, like, I think it could work for basketball. You know, because in basketball, you still got guys chattering. You still got guys on the bench that are talking. You still got stuff. You won't have a crowd. But I think if you played at everybody's practice facility or something like that and just kept it to 10 guys in a roster, like how how many rosters actually play 12 to 13 guys a night? Very few of them. But, then, right? but still, you're getting to the point of, okay, so that's, let's just say you're saying 10. That's 20 people for the teams, right? You've got coaches. Just add, you can add two assistants and a head coach. Okay. You're up to 26. You've got refs. That three of them. You're three or four of them. You're up to 30. Um, you've got people in the building, right, whether that's training staff or – One team trainer and a doctor. Workers. For each team. You're already up to 35, 40 people. I mean, you can't do that right now. That's that's why the NBA deal was so 
weird to me was, oh, when you can't gather in groups, we're just going to put all of our group and put a bubble around them together. But every team's going to be in Vegas and all the coaches and all the reps and all the training staffs. And of course they were saying, and of course, immediate family can come to the games. I mean, that's a way too many people in a situation like this. They're saying groups no larger than like seven or eight. And that's even being generous. Like you're supposed to only see like three people at a time at most. And that's even being shunned down at the moment. And you're and people are saying, oh, we'll put some, you know, no fans still means people, right? It still means a group of people that at the moment is a larger than the recommended amount. Um, and I agree with you. We watched it in baseball a couple of years ago when Baltimore was having the riots. I think it was Baltimore and Detroit were playing and it was in Camden Yards and there were no fans and it was cool because it was different, but it was weird. It was really, really weird. And as a fan, I want sports back. And if we had to have sports back with no fans and it was a healthy, smart thing to do, then I would, of course, accept that. But selfishly, I don't want to watch sports without fans. Yeah, it's because it, it's it just takes weird. away so much from from the fun of the game. It takes away from the atmosphere. I can't imagine as a Yankee fan watching Aaron Judge hit a home run at Yankee Stadium and silently walk around the bases, run around the bases. No cheering, no booing, no nothing, no buzz from the crowd, just the crack of the bat. Maybe he goes, F yeah, and they got to bleep it or whatever, and then that's it. I can't, I mean, it'd be a novel thing to watch for a week. Like, oh, well, this is kind of fun. You get to hear the banter, and then after a while, you'd be like, yeah, I'm kind of sick of this. No, yeah, it, it would get really old uh, really fast. And that's what I tried to watch that first episode of, you know, of wrestling, you know, just with no fan. And it just, it's, it's difficult. And I can't really do it. And so to watch WrestleMania without, I asked my son if he watched it. I was like, did you, did you see it? And he was like, yeah, I saw some of it. I was like, you don't want to watch it? He's like, no, it was boring. I said, really? <laughs> my son's eight, you know? Yeah. And so if my eight-year-old son feels like that, then I can imagine, you know, guys like me and Joe who are, you know, in our late twenties and 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 into our thirties, are like, yeah, this is this is trash. And I have over the last couple of years, like, resurged back into wrestling. Someone I stopped watching it from like seventh grade up until a couple of years ago, and then I watch these pay per views with a couple friends, kind of hear some things from coworkers. But yeah, I caught a clip last night of a match and where the wrestler was yelling at the referee to count faster, and it was like clearly audible you could hear the conversation the ref going back and it's just dead silent underneath them and usually you have all this crowd noise things happen to where it masks all that so it mm -hmm. looks like they're just arguing but you literally heard word for word what they're saying and when you watch these clips of them in front of the empty crowds you realize how much of an acting like drama show this is and we haven't even gotten to the match between the undertaker and aj styles which was literally filmed cinematically like a damn straight to dvd horror movie <laughs> yeah it was i'm not kidding you mike you need to go and look at clips it was kind of cool though like that People was the one match it. that was kind of cool but at the same time it was like okay this is this is this is hokey though this is this is corny when you say straight to dvd horror movie like like shaky camera yes, like like going around the ring yes like, like they're in a graveyard the, or something like now that. you see me what's the name of that the movie with kane and he was the right the monster yeah it's kind of like wait hey, there's a movie with the wrestler kane as a villain yeah. yes it's actually pretty pretty creepy is it yeah it's called now you that the, no it's not now you see relatively me. something creepy. about something about eyes i can't remember what it is but i'll figure it out <laughs> but no mike you should go back citizen and, kane that's it right that's bingo <laughs> There was uh, uh, plenty of people who enjoyed it, 
But I think that's also just a matter of, like, we'll take anything we can get. Right. right, <laughs> right of course. Um, all right. We got a break. Coming up next, let's get into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame class, which will likely go down as the best ever. Although there is one other class that had a quite good group of players in it. Uh, that is next here on Sword of Sports Sunday on the Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. We've been intermittently blessed blessed with some news in the sports world. Yeah, NFL free agency came out and helped a lot. And uh, this was Friday. It was late Friday. It was kind of a weird news dump. They could have probably waited until like tomorrow and actually gave him a full a full week well i mean it was like friday at like four it was like you know that's not a, that's not a great time to drop some sports news although i guess nothing really matters at this point um but the naismith hall of fame class added to its list of people getting in with the nba players who are going to be going in and it will arguably be the greatest hall of fame class we may ever see now, we don't know what, what's, what's going to look like in the future and what great players are going to come down and out and all that kind of stuff. But uh, Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, and Kevin Garnett will be inducted to the Hall of Fame this year, same year. And uh, there's only two classes in the history of the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame that I think compare to that. Now, this all the classes include coaches and, and the WNBA as well. This year, you're going to get to Mickey Hatchings. Kim Mulkey, Baylor head coach, is going to be there. Rudy Tomjanovich is there. Eddie Sutton is there. So there's a lot of a lot of good other non-NBA players, but I'm going to focus solely on the NBA players for this. There are two other classes that would compete. One would be the class of 2009. That is Michael Jordan, David Robinson, and John Stockton. And then the one that I'm leaning towards being the only one that would compete is 1980, which is Oscar Robertson, Jerry the Logo West, and Jerry Lucas. I agree this is the best class. I mean, you get Kobe and Tim Duncan and Kevin Garnett all together. Whew, that's great. But those two other ones do have a say. But, man, that's a great class of, of Hall of Famers, let me tell you. Oh, man, this is I, – I think this is the best class ever just because um, you're looking at three guys um, with – the you know, and really if you throw Shaq in there, you look these are really the four guys that define uh, the 2000s and, and Allen Iverson. You know, to me, Shaquille O'Neal – Kobe, Allen Iverson, Tim Duncan, um, these guys are who define, you know, the Kevin Garnett, they define the 2000s. You know, anything from after Jordan retired until, you know, LeBron start really winning championships, this was their NBA. And, man, like the, the battles that we got between the two of them, like, man, just Tim Duncan and KG. KG is so incredibly jealous of Tim Duncan. He feels like he's a better player than Duncan. He's more athletic than Duncan. But for whatever reason, he's the one that got all the championships. He's the one that got all the, the accolades as being the leader. He's the one that everybody kind of praised to being the greatest power forward of all time. And KG is looking like, bro, like I could run circles around Tim Duncan. And Not really. He, he, I mean, and, But you look at their numbers against each other. I'm looking at their head-to-head numbers. Tim Duncan, 19 points, uh, 11.9 rebounds a game. Um, let's see, 1.9 blocks. KG, 19.5, man. 
10.4 rebounds a game. Still the, the exact same as far as eight point, uh, excuse me, uh, 1.9 blocks. Like they were really 8.9 blocks. Whoa. Seriously, as, 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 as different as they were as players, they couldn't have been any more similar as far as, you know, what they had to do to, for their teams to be successful and everything. And KG just got put in a bad situation with, man, a lot of times, man, bad point guards, a lot of bad, not bad teammates, but just not a lot of star power around him. Tim Duncan played for the most stable organization in all of basketball for the past 30 years. I, I think Tim Duncan may be the most underrated player in NBA history. He's my, my he's, he's one of my two favorite players of all time. Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, my two favorite players. Ever. Ah, so you're biased about this class. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. He's a, Tim Duncan is easily the most disrespected player of all he's time. He's not disrespected. No one, listen, we talk about him. We only bring him up when we talk Everyone about loves the best Tim power forward of all time. People don't love Tim Duncan. People, the, Tim Duncan is vanilla and boring and we well, the one thing we don't like okay love was the wrong word that's I, I meant people all respect tim duncan's no, they, game that's a good way to put you it you know when you respect them the finals honestly <laughs> when i ended up respecting the spurs and not hating them anymore it was when they won the 4-1 miami heat finals because the finals. they straight up dominated them in that final it was the same thing for tony parker for, for a long time when he was a really good point guard nobody bought tony parker's name up until the playoffs and so the, the finals came it was like damn Tony Parker's cold. Why can't anybody stop him? Like, same thing for Tim Duncan. You look at his little 21 points a game and 10 rebounds and go, uh, I mean, that's that's regular, right, for a power forward. You're supposed to do that out there. And, no, you don't think about how dominant he was. Man, he was the only person not named uh, – and he was old, but um, my guy uh, – jeez, I'm, I'm spacing right now. Uh, played for Portland forever. Arvita Sabonis was the only person that could really. Say, I'm spacing right now. <laughs> Sabonis is the only person that really gave Shaq a problem. Like as far as like, and mind you, Shaq would dominate Arvita Sabonis, but Sabonis made it hard for him because he could pull him out to three, give him a pump faker and everything, and then drive. So you're saying right he was like him. the Myers Leonard to Demarcus Cousins? Yes, for whatever reason, Boogie can't figure out Myers Leonard, and Myers <laughs> Leonard had great games against him. And Boogie but, hates Myers. And Boogie hates Myers, but for whatever reason, that's the way Shaq. Would play or uh, Arvita Sabonis would play against Shaq. Man, other than outside of that, Tim Duncan would give Shaq the business when they played each other. The crew, uh, man, 22 points a game, 12, re- 12 rebounds a game, 1.4 blocks a game against the the Diesel. You know, so Duncan is one of those dudes that we just we kind of forget about, and then you're like, damn, he does have five championships, don't he? He does have two uh, MVP awards. He does have three finals. He MVP was Mr. Awards. Reliable under the basket. He played good defense. He was a great lead by example kind of guy. And I mean, I guess, frankly, a great leader. I mean, he's coaching for the Spurs now. He's an yeah. assistant and he's got he dreads now when the season was still going on. He does uh, when the season was still going on. Popovich had to miss a game due to an emergency and he coached the game. And like he picked Tim Duncan to be the head coach of that game, which was kind of cool. So I think Tim Duncan's a great player. I loved Tim Duncan when All I right. watched when he, I watched the NBA growing up. I mean, awesome. I, I kind of uh, maybe it's because I like Derek Jeter, but I always liked the guys who were leading by example more than leading by being vocal. Yeah, and that I was always KG's kind of appreciated thing. that. And that was KG's thing. KG was a vocal. KG is one of them dudes that he made it really hard. He seemed like a like mean him. guy. Yeah, yeah. He, no, he, and he would openly say he would, he would bully the rookies. He would, you know, he didn't like Tim Duncan just basically because they played the same position. And I'm, I don't, I don't like you, you know? So KG, remember he went through this whole thing where he didn't talk to Ray Allen, still doesn't talk to Ray Allen because Ray Allen went to Miami. It was like, you weren't offering me a contract, man. I'm going to go somewhere else. Like, so I was supposed to go to, to, to weak ass Charlotte just to make you guys feel better or give myself a, ch- a chance to win another championship, which Ray Allen ended up doing. So he can say, and I think he's jealous a little bit of that as great as KG is. 
there's a little jealousy there because Ray Allen can say, I am a two-time NBA champion, and KG can only say, and KG and Paul Pierce are only saying, yeah, I've, I've, I've won that one. And I think that, was, that wasn't the plan for them. But that said, you tell me somebody more intense than KG. You tell me somebody that you would want to play with more than Kevin Garnett. Like, I was going to say intensity, Patrick Beverly, maybe. I was going to say, wasn't uh, Tony just, Allen. None of them dudes are Kevin Garnett. Wasn't this uh, last Wednesday the story I shared about uh, Kevin Garnett and Charlie Villanueva? Oh, oh, call him a cancer patient. Yeah, <laughs> share it again for those who don't listen on Wednesdays. Yeah, uh, if you, I mean, Charlie Villanueva has a very distinguished look because he has the condition where he grows no hair and he's completely bald everywhere. And uh, it was when he was playing for the Raptors, I think, or something. And KG tells him, "You are, uh, you're a cancer patient. You look like a cancer patient." Charlie Villanueva goes to the news with it, tells people that's what he said, and. KG's uh, backtrack was, no, no, I, I said you were a cancer to your team. No, no. <laughs> right. He's, yeah, KG, that's KG, what I was saying. KG is, that's, you weren't a cancer patient. Remember, you're just a terrible teammate. He's known for putting his foot in his mouth a lot. Do you remember that time that where uh, he, it was the middle of the war. The war had just started, I believe. And um, KG is talking about, yeah, I'm about, we're about to go to war. I'm about to get the pump. I'm about to get the. Or the Uzis and the everything, oh, and then they're like, so "Yeah, bro, like that's <laughs> that's not the, the timing, man. Timing is everything." And then Vladi Divac, whose country just happened to be going through a, a really terrible war at that time, was like, "Man, he doesn't know what war is. He don't know nothing about war. So I don't want to hear anything you're talking about." And then he came out, was like, "Oh, I didn't mean it like that. It was this." Like KG is known for kind of doing that, but when you're as good as he is. You can say what you want to. I was going to say, he does a great job at keeping that hood on his head, too. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> I know. It looks must... like it's falling off every time you look at it. But I'm no. convinced he has a strip of Velcro on his head like a little and yarmulke. the hood, and he just, like, Velcros it <laughs> There's a to small yarmulke back there, you know what I'm saying? And that's what the, the, little, just, the little clips. It just, it just hangs from the side, you know, so that's. <laughs> but if he doesn't have any hair, you, you keep the yarmulke in your head with the little clips on the side. That's how you keep it on your head. Oh. That's what I'm saying. He's using a piece of Velcro on both on sticking. the hood and his head to keep it. The, the, it's hard to keep a yarmulke or a kippa on your head. I'm going to try one day. I have experience. So you can't I, keep it on I think the one part head. of this Hall of Fame, <laughs> yes. I think the one part of the Hall of Fame that we're kind of missing that kind of rounds it out as far as being, in my opinion, is the best class. Well, outside of, you know, the late Kobe Bryant, who you don't need to explain Kobe. We've been we've been talking about Kobe's greatness for the past, you know, two, two three months now. We don't really. And you especially have been yeah. a huge Kobe supporter on Kobe, the show. Kobe so. is, Kobe's, in my opinion, the best, one of the best ever. Um my favorite of all time, so uh, you don't have to hear me talk about why he deserves to go in there. But Rudy Tomjanovich, that's the guy that when you look, you, you said, talked about Jerry Sloan. Um, Rudy Tomjanovich did what Jerry Sloan couldn't, and he actually won two championships. And he actually took uh, a team that outside of Hakeem Olajuwon, you could probably look at this roster and say, not the best championship roster that you've ever seen before. You know, really, a young Robert Ory who never developed into like a superstar player, a, a, a young Camp Sam Cassell, rookie Sam Sam Cassell, who, you know, I think was a one-time All Star, maybe twice. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else was on that team. Kenny Smith, the Jet. You know, we best know him from his time on on inside the NBA. But yeah, that's the we, funny thing is of those three, he's the one least known for his basketball. Exactly. You know, <laughs> but and, and of the, of those three, like he's got two championships. He beat Shaq in the finals. You know, so he took that team to a championship, and then did it again the following year, and he beat the two big men that were supposed to be like the best in the league as far as first beating Patrick Ewing, and that was right in the middle of the OJ uh, OJ Chase and everything like that. You remember that game? 
game one to cut out the finals to go to OJ. And then the next year, he goes out and, and dominates Shaquille O'Neal. Completely dominates Shaquille O'Neal. So it was one of those things. Man, Rudy Tomjanovich, I feel like he should have been in there a lot sooner. But, you know, he's he's since passed on and everything, so he won't obviously get a chance to uh, make his speech. But he's somebody that should have been in there a long time ago. I'm trying to figure out why it took them so long to add uh, Rudy Tomjanovich. Yeah, I don't know how the voting for these things works. And when it's not a specific sport, it's a – or league, it's like the actual sports hall of fame where they add in the WNBA and coaches. And I feel like they have different requirements for all of those. So I'm not really sure how that works, but anyway, so yeah, this year's class is going to be Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, arguably the greatest of all time. Thanks for the memories guys. You made my two thousands. You made high school and college for me. Awesome. So good luck to those dudes, man. Coming up next, it is time for a Joe fish edition of hate it or love it. But first he has a sports interrupted. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. That music means it is time for Hate It or Love It. Joe Fish in, and we'll be doing it today. So Uh, from what I understand, Yes. Is if I like what you have to say? Correct. I give you that. And if I don't like what you have to say. Correct. Okay. Yes. Um, Tally the points over the three questions. And and then uh, whoever wins gets to host the last segment. Nice. And uh, Rashad's actually been on a good streak lately. I think he's won like five of the last seven or eight. So he's he's got a good winning percentage going right now. And uh, you do not have to stick with sports at the moment. I gave, I told this to Jesse. I said, if you want to just bring up random things, let's have at it like random food things or books or movies or anything that you're doing or interested in, because frankly, there's not a lot of like hot debate in sports right now. So it'd been nice to know. Uh, <laughs> well, you can, you can go off the cuff. I trust you. Well, I, I, I believe in you. I would have to go off the cuff off the top of my head because I did prepare three sportsy ones. For okay. You. That's fine. We can do three sportsy ones. Um, and our first one is NFL draft related. They have mentioned that the draft will happen. It's probably gonna be a somewhat of a virtual digital video conferencing call draft, which will be interesting to see how that transpires. Um, How bad would it be if like the clock ran out for a team and like their connection was lost on the internet and they couldn't give up their pick and they're like, oh, it's going to happen. (laughs) It might be a mess. Who knows? Um, But with the Patriots not having a quarterback, uh, no longer Tom Brady moving on to Tampa Bay. There's a lot of good quarterbacks that could be drafted in the first round. So therefore, hate it or love it, the Patriots will trade up in the first round for a quarterback. Ooh, uh, is that me or you? You can go for it. Okay. Uh, uh, I, I I hate it. Um, that's the one thing that Belichick never really does is trade up into the draft. Uh, they have such a good scouting department in New England to where they figure – they, we feel that we have a pretty good scouting department in New England. We usually, we usually go uh, defensive linemen or offensive linemen usually around these times. Running backs, receivers. I can't remember the last time we've taken a receiver in the first round. Uh, there's really, really been no big need to take uh, quarterbacks, obviously, because you've got Brady. But when you have got quarterbacks, they've been Matt Castle and they've been Jimmy Garoppolo and they've been Jacoby Brissett, all three of which have been starting quarterbacks in the NFL at some point during their careers. 
Uh, so uh, I think the Patriots are going to look for that guy in the second round. I think we know some of the, unless Tua is going to fall into the draft and fall, I want to say the Patriots are what? Probably like right around 23, 24 or something like that. So if Tua can fall in the draft, then yes, I can see Bill Belichick going ahead and taking a chance on him. But I also don't see Bill Belichick as somebody who wants a rookie quarterback right now, wants a young guy. I could see him wanting somebody like a Cam Newton because that would completely change the offense that he's had. We've even heard some talk about Jameis Winston because I think he could do wonders for Jameis, but I still think Jameis is an idiot and he's going to throw certain interceptions he doesn't need to throw and whatnot. So uh, I think there's going to be other avenues outside of dra- moving up in the draft. So if they do move up, expect them to move up in rounds, like maybe uh, get package some third and fourth round guys for maybe a second round pick or third, but I don't think he's actually going to move up in the first. Everything the Patriots have built over the last 10, 15 years has not had to do with trading up in the draft everything they do is they stockpile late picks they get a lot of value guys and they try to get guys who fit their system who are who are cheaper so that they can keep guys like tom brady before he left Uh, all the reports are that they're going to stick with the three guys they have on the team now uh they're going to stick with stidham and they're going to stick with brian hoyer and they're going to maybe draft a guy late in the first round or early in the second round and give them all a chance to fight i honestly think that this is an opportunity for bill belch to do one of two things one he could frankly suck for a year and then go get Trevor Lawrence. If they're really bad and Trevor Lawrence is going to be the number one pick in the draft, he can use a lot of the assets that they have. They can do that and they can make that move. Nobody's going to be surprised if the Patriots, after last year being bad on offense and being a beneficiary of a good schedule, suck when Tom Brady leaves for a year. The other thing is is what Rashad mentioned. I mean, I'll just kind of agree with his point there is there are still quarterbacks in the market. I mean, Cam Newton's out there. Jameis Winston's out there. You got guys who could help that team right away. I imagine Josh McDaniels with a guy like Cam Newton would be really, really happy. I mean, he made Tim Tebow work in Denver for a little bit. So I could see that being a a move that they make as well. But it just seems to go against and away from everything the Patriots have done in the past. So I will say hate that they will not trade up in the draft. Okay. And moving on to uh, a former coach who beat Bill Belichick a couple times, uh, once in the playoffs, a couple times in the regular seasons, uh, Rex Ryan. He went on the record, I believe, on Friday talking about Amare Cooper (laughs) and his deal. And if you haven't heard the audio, I have it for you right now. I wouldn't have paid this guy. To me, this is the biggest disappearing act in the National Football League. He doesn't show up on the road. He doesn't show up against, when the competition's good, when he's against the top corners, that guy disappears. And to me, he reminds me, it's only one time that I can remember in, in, uh, in, in recent memory on elite receivers and disappearing acts like Amari Cooper. That was the kid that the Raiders had uh, a few years ago. Oh, that's right. That was Amari Cooper. This is who he is. And Dan, he doesn't love football. Hell with it. He stops his routes. He does all this. I wouldn't have paid this turd. He, call, he <laughs> called him a turd. <laughs> Now, I will say over the last few months, I have been calling people turds more often, and it's quite, it's fun. It's a, it's a nice uh, backhanded insult that isn't over the line, but just enough to get to them. You're a turd. No one likes to be called a turd. But Rex Ryan going after my boy, Amari Cooper, one of the best route running receivers in the league. Hate it or love it. Rex Ryan is a turd. <laughs> I mean... You love. Yeah, he is a turd. Rex Ryan is a turd. He also loves feet a lot. <laughs> uh, and he has a picture of feet on his tattooed on his body. His wife's feet, right? Um, although, to be honest, Rex Ryan's a turd and that's different. I kind of agree with him about Amari Cooper. How dare you? I kind of do. Amari Cooper's good. He's really good. 
but he's wildly inconsistent. I mean, he wants he wants to be considered one of the best receivers in the game and get paid like that, but then you need to go put up Michael Thomas numbers instead. Then you got to put up Julio Jones numbers instead, where every game you're getting 10 catches and 120 yards receiving. Uh, I mean, that's almost every single game for the elite receivers in the league. Amari Cooper will have games like that. He had three games over or four games over 100 yards last year, including the massive 226-yard receiving game against the Packers in week five. But he also had a game where he had three yards and zero yards and 48 yards and 24 yards and 19 yards. He is wildly inconsistent. Um, I don't know about the whole home road split thing that Rex Ryan was bringing up. I, I don't have enough time to research that and actually see if he's better at home versus on the road. But I've always thought of Amari Cooper as like a tier two or three receiver, and he wants a lot of money. So I, I don't know if he's a turd, <laughs> but I do t- kind of agree that he's not worth the money that, in terms of what Rex Ryan was saying. I, I hate it. Um, you hate that I, Rex Ryan's a turd? Oh, yeah, Rex Ryan's totally a turd. He's an idiot. I love that Rex Ryan is a <laughs> turd, but I hate that he would say these things about, man, uh, Amari Cooper. Let's just be real, man. Like, Amari Cooper hasn't been in the greatest situation as far as having a great quarterback to throw to him. Derek Carr is a good quarterback, but Derek Carr isn't a great quarterback. But let me give you these numbers anyway. First year in the league, 1,067 yards. Second year in the league, 1,153. Third year in the league, he was kind of hurt, so he he missed that mark. Uh, fourth year in the league, 1,000 yards. Fifth year in the league, he, was, he ended up being traded. He still had... Um, over a thousand yards this past year over a thousand yards he's doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing as a receiver and every situation he goes to he has a subpar quarterback a guy that's just okay you're looks like you're a cowboy fan i don't have to tell you about dak prescott and how he's just a middle of the road at best quarterback what do you think Derek carr was a middle of the road at best quarterback who had one really good year and a lot of the reasons he had that one good a good year is because man amari cooper Michael Crabtree and some of those other guys they had in place there, man, helped him develop. Man, he's been in situations to where he's had, man, crap quarterbacks. So you're getting crap uh, production. But if what if a thousand yards a year is crap production? I'll take that all day. That's somebody I might not pay top dollar for, but I'm not gonna be mad about paying him because he's gonna give you a thousand yards. And I don't know how many. I'm trying to see how many touchdowns he had. I believe he had seven last year. Uh, Get out of here. He had eight last year. Yeah. I mean, just uh, being someone that watches the Cowboys. From when uh, before they had him to when they got him, it's a completely different offense. It's the number one offense in the league last year. Eight, so. eight touchdowns. Thank you to Kellen Moore, right? Eight touchdowns oh, yeah. last year. You know, uh, five of them in the first five weeks, though. I mean, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But he still had eight of them. Doesn't matter when I had them. You know what I'm saying? I had eight of them, and I had a thousand yards. Well, so I think that, to Rex Ryan's point, it that's got to be worth something, right? So yards aren't worth anything. As, as a wide receiver, a thousand yards a year is that's not the mark that you want to reach. You want 100 catches about 1,000 yards. So if I can get 1,000 yards and less than 100 catches, you're in the mix. Just saying. All right. And on to our last one, another NFL-related one. Um, in my updates, I've been saying that the Cleveland Browns are the potential third team jumping into the Jadavion Clowney race there. And we'll make this a quick one. It's Seahawks, Titans, Browns, right? Right. Uh, hate it or love it, Clowney will go to the Cleveland Browns. Sources have said that uh, they made quite the impression and might be the top suitor at this point. Uh, I think you're up first, right? Is it me? Yeah. Uh, 
I I love it. You know, I, I think Seahawk fans would rather Jadevian Clowney stayed uh, in the 206 and make sure they can do stuff from there. But uh, Clowney is somebody who's really blossomed into man a, a great man linebacker slash defensive end. He can do a little bit of everything. And if you pair him with somebody like Miles Garrett on that defense from from the Browns, man, you've got a hell of a front line. If you're if you're Cleveland, man, the the, the problem with Cleveland, a lot of which was came from the offense. Freddie Kitchens isn't a great offensive mind, and so that was a big issue. But defense, man, they had they had a problem stopping people a lot of the time. And then when Miles Garrett got suspended, you didn't have a pass rush all of a sudden. You getting somebody like Jadevian Clown that gives you a pass rush, that gives you a nice run stopper and everything like that. So I think it's a great idea for him to go there. Uh, Cleveland, it's, you can tell they're trying to build a culture of winning. They're trying to really stockpile a lot of names at this point. You've got the Landrys and Odell Beckham and obviously, you know, Miles Garrett. You add somebody like Jadevian Clowney on paper, that makes Cleveland uh, an instant com uh, competitor. You know, that makes them an instant competitor for uh, that uh, their division right there in the AFC. So I love it. I would love him staying in Seattle more, but I love him going to Cleveland. It feels like Cleveland fits his personality. Uh, I hate it. I I really feel like it, the Seahawks would be making a big mistake if they let him walk. And I, I, I understand that when you look at his statistics from last year, they don't jump off the page at you as an impactful pass rusher. When he was in Houston his last two years prior, he had nine and a half and nine sacks in each of those years, almost 60 tackles one year, had uh, 21 tackles for loss and 16 tackles for loss. Last year, he played in 13 games. He only had three sacks. He only had 31 tackles. He had seven tackles for loss, 13 quarterback hits. The numbers were down from peak Jadeveon Clowney. But if you watch the Seahawks play, he made an impact in every single one of those games. And Seattle still, I think, with Pete Carroll, needs to keep a little bit of that defensive grittiness that they've had when they had the Legion of Boom and the good defense. There's only so much Bobby Wagner can do. And keeping a guy like Jadeveon Clowney as you rebuild the back end of that defense and you get a bunch of young guys in who are going to take the spots that have now been vacated by Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor and, and Richard Sherman and all those guys, you still need some star power in there. And Jadeveon Clowney is that star power. So they cut some of these. Uh, they, they made some cuts. The Seahawks did maybe clearing some money to try to give Clowney some money. He also reduced his price from 20 mil to about 17 to 18 mil. So I hate it. I don't, I don't think the Browns are the best fit. I think the Seahawks are the best fit. And I think they need to put, put up a little money to get him to stay. All right. There's your hater to love it. And I don't know. Do I hit some sort of music celebratory? Yeah, there's something? a winner sound right here. The green one. You hit that. Ah, there you go. And our winner is Michael Lynch. Ooh. I think it was the Rex Ryan feet references that pushed you <laughs> over the edge. I would have docked uh, Rashad a point because he called Dak a crap quarterback. <laughs> Where's the lie? But I mean, Facts, I, some, the kids say, I somewhat uh, tend to agree with him sometimes on that. All sometimes, right. Sometimes. So. Well, uh, we'll wrap this show up next here on sort of sports Sunday on the fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. It feels good to win again. You've been winning a lot the last few months. Well, you know, 
I noticed Joe was a little bit more picky with the points than Jesse had been, so that means we're going to have to try harder. That's all. Yeah, that's all it is. And Joe just took his hat off for the first time. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're I seeing the mop it. now. I'm yeah. seeing the Joe exotic look. Let's go. I like go. the flock of seagulls, man. Dude, it's it's a pretty bad. Like, How far down is it down in your neck? Is it going to the top of your like back there? It, oh, my God. It's extending. You it's, look like Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Dude, it's... Uh, it's getting, yes, you do look like Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. It's getting to a point where I have... That is a great comparison. I got to make a decision here soon because I can't take it anywhere to get styled. And I, I do have a pair of wall clippers, you know, so I can Man. I can give myself the, the one, the two, whatever I want to go with. But you, just, um, you can just shave it all listen, off. Yeah, yeah exactly. Listen, but, barbers, if you're out there... Do you, know, do, you do house calls? We, who? Barbers, some barbers out there. Maybe if you're some out will. there and you do house calls, man, at TaylorMade503. That's also my Instagram. At and hey, JoeFish3. You know, <laughs> just let, help us out, man. We need your help. Like, we, and we're sorry that we ever took you for granted. Maybe you didn't tip as much, you know, maybe you didn't come to see you as often as we should have. But from, from all the men to all the barbers, man, help. I'm sure the ladies are feeling the same way, by <laughs> help, the way. Help us, you know, please. See, a lot of ladies, man, you can just fix that whole thing with, with, a ponytail, uh, uh, some girls can put on a bonnet. Like, you can wrap your hair. Like, I mean, there's ways to get around it. We live in this era where ladies wear wigs, lots of wigs and everything. Like, that's a that's a normal part of fashion now. It's, it's not like a... Oh, Thanks, Kardashian clan. Yeah, it's not like a, a Halloween thing anymore. Like, no, you're seeing pink and purple wigs out there like it's on a regular Tuesday. So it's it's happening. But, guys, there's no hiding this. There's only a hat. Rashad, your hair looks it. fine. Man, listen, man. Les, to you, it looks fine. This is this is a cultural thing, bro. Like, I can't go anywhere <laughs> with this without a lineup, bro. I, yeah. it's, it's impossible. I and you, it, and you yeah. tried to do the line yourself? I'm not lining myself up. That's how you end up messing, because your hair doesn't grow back like that. So the minute it goes here and I, right here in the corner of my hair. Yeah, I see there was a little. That has to be. That has to be. That's a. That's somebody. That's for a professional. Mm. That's not for me to do. Now, I can do my beard and my stuff, man, no problem. But my hair, like, nah, man. I need somebody that went to you could barber try. school. I could. I'm not gonna. Again. <laughs> so I, you're scared of trying, is what yes, you're saying? Yes. If I mess my hair up, like, it just, I just can't I mean, wipe but it that, away and go. That back. hair will grow back. It's like the beard. The hair will grow back. You look ridiculous. I look ridiculous. You look ridiculous. Bad lineups are can kill your haircut. I can tell you this. You've got a lineup before? I have not. There you go. Joe, you've been to a black barbershop or at least somewhere. No, I'm doesn't... white, so yeah, so, I just give, listen, give me no, the one. No, I'm listen, white. Give me the one or two and just buzz it all listen, off. Listen, I'm gonna tell you guys this. I'm gonna just just one time, man. Take yourself to a black barbershop. I, that's and, what I was considering up until this point. I was asking at, around, like, hey, I want a barber, and people are like, oh, why don't you the, go to sports? No, I want a barber. The hairlines, the everything are so intense and so on point. Like, I leave the barbershop all the time feeling the most confident that I've ever felt every single time I leave. I'm like, yes, I can tackle the world yeah. after I get my haircut and that lineup. So you want to talk about what your just really aggressive point just was right there. <laughs> no, what a great aggressive point. <laughs> the boats are out there on the water. That's what we saw. Social saw, distance boats. Saw a really nice boat. Hmm. Nice sails. <laughs> nice back end of the boat. Yeah. yeah. Right. Love the jib. Starboard port. <laughs> All up and up, up and good. Um, yeah, that's the thing is that's something I haven't had to think about because I got lucky with the timing of it where I just went before everything closed. But I, I my hair long is awful, awful. <laughs> but I've never buzzed my hair either. That's a weird thing. I've like I've always had my my hair. It's my hair. I'm very protective of it. So I don't I don't know what's gonna happen. I'm gonna reach out to my my barber and see and see what she says about like do you do house calls like. 
can I meet you at your house? They're like, gonna be charging through the roof. And guess what? <laughs> like, can I like can we bed. like wash our hands in front of each other and like Clorox things down and just be like, look, let's get this done. A hazmat suit that only exposes the top of your head. <laughs> Man, I feel like Will Smith and I am Legend. Like, I I can provide food and <laughs> and water and drinks. Like, please come and cut my hair if you're out there. If anybody's out there, like, please. Man, I need your help. So, yes, man, the barbers, that's that's something that's going to pop off big. Like, that's going to be packed. The minute this quarantine is over, the barbershops are going to be flooded. Same oh, with, absolutely. Same with the maternity wards. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Man, there's going to be a lot of December babies out here named Corn. Corona. Corona, yeah. COVID. Yeah. I, I want to say I saw that there was a couple virus that, that named their kids Corona and COVID. Yeah, that was, uh, that was floating around social media. It was... Uh, it was yeah, I can't remember the details of it, but it was yeah they they had twins and one was Corona and one was COVID and it was like yeah that's uh, peak America right there right I don't know if it was in America I think that's the difference I pray not please don't be um, well I mean wherever it is don't name your kids after a virus <laughs> a pandemic come on now come on now and the, the thought process is gonna be like my kid's gonna be like a killer it's gonna be coronavirus <laughs> that's the name of the kids like no don't name your kid that my kid's sick. <laughs> COVID. <laughs> Please don't do that. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, we'll be back next week, 9 to 11. And Stay we will, safe, we will continue to bring as much sports and non-sports fun that we can for you throughout the rest of the weeks as we go through. Yes, stay safe. Be smart. Um, if you got to go to work, just do smart things like we're Clorox and everything down every time we come into these studios. And just be smart. If you start feeling sick, don't go places <laughs> protect yourself protect your loved ones uh have a very good rest of your weekend good luck next week with your working from home or whatever it is that you're doing and we'll see you next sunday 9 to 11 a.m this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.